Guys, I don't, I don't know. I'm pumped up today. I'm preachy more than I am teachy, all right? You know what that is, right? I'm just, I'm just got the preach in me today, and uh, I might just have to sling my jacket off in a minute and start just, no, I won't, I won't do that. I promise I won't do that. I won't do that, but uh, we're in part three of a series that we're calling This Is That, all right? And this series is it's huge for us because... Um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about it in a moment, but we're really just trying to identify some things that maybe we've had misconceptions about. And so I want to I jump in to the teaching, but let me give you a little context before we get to the theme verse, okay? And here's the context. That is, before Acts 2, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, right? Born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a blameless, sinless, perfect life. There's no one perfect like Jesus was. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. So he, he was nailed on the cross, and that paid for your, your sins, past, present, and future, by the way. And, and, and then they put him in a borrowed tomb. They buried him for three days, but he didn't stay dead. And that was a problem for a lot of the people back in those days. It, it, he didn't stay dead, and they were like, what happened to him? So for the next 40 days, he started appearing to people and just kind of showing up. He would literally like walk through walls. And it's kind of it's awesome, but also a little bit freaky, right? You're kind of like, where'd you come from? Kind of thing, right? And so for 40 days, he's appearing to people. And he's, he's giving them uh, good news. And he's giving them assignments. And, and then on the 40th day, he ascended into heaven. But before he ascended, he told his disciples, I want you to go to Jerusalem. And I want you to wait there until the Holy Spirit's power is poured out upon you. And so they did. They went back to Jerusalem and they waited 10 more days. And on the day of Pentecost, everybody say Pentecost. Pentecost. Now, a lot of people kind of get scared of that word because you know a Pentecostal person, right? And you're just like, I, I don't It's kind of like, I know what happens to that church. I don't know Pentecost. It's not a scary word at all. The word literally means 50. Some of y'all are Pentecost right now. Y'all 50, right? <laughs> You didn't know you were Pentecostal. You're Pentecostal. You're 50. So, so uh, it, that's all it means is, is 50. And what it is, is it's 50 days from the time that Jesus resurrected from the grave. And on that day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God was poured out in a powerful way. And the church of Jesus Christ was born that day. Come on. And, and it, was, it happened, though, in a little bit of a, it was a little strange and a little bit confusing for some people. And they said in Acts chapter 2, they said... Uh, it says that they were amazed and perplexed. They were like, wait, what, what just happened? What are we seeing right now? And they asked one another, what does this mean? And, and some of them made fun of them, and they said they've just had too much wine to drink. That's their problem. But here, here's the issue. Is, is I believe this. I believe that if we don't understand something, we will often criticize it. We criticize what we don't understand. And I've, I've been guilty of that before. Or can I say it this way, that if we don't understand something, we will either reject it and we'll stiff arm it and we'll be like, I don't know, I don't know about that. Or we'll make fun of it. We'll do one of those two things. And, and so Peter did what, I'm, what I want to do. I'm just trying to stand up here and say, hey, listen, everybody, let me explain what happened to you. Let me show you what happened. Listen carefully to what I have to say. And, and the people, these people aren't drunk like you think they are. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. He says, no, this, this is not that. So this isn't drunkenness. What you're seeing here is not P 
a bunch of drunk people, because if that's what it is, I wouldn't want it either. Come on, somebody, right? Like, if that's what it is, I don't want that. And Peter says, it's not that, it's actually that. He says, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In other words, this is the prophecy that you've been reading about all of your lives. This is the thing that you have been holding on to, that you've been passing down to your children and their children and their children for decades, for millennia. This is the promise of the prophet Joel. And so today, that's what I'm just trying to do, is I'm trying to answer some questions that even Christians have about topics that we're just not sure of. Uh, So week one, we talked about uh, the Holy Spirit. And we're like, hey, what's up with that Holy Ghost, right? We talk about the Holy Spirit and, and how he's relational, how he wants to have a relationship with you. Last week, Pastor Caleb brought the house down with his testimony, talked about healing. Come on, that was powerful. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about money, 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 money. Yeah, there we go. Now, n- money is actually one of the top reasons people won't give God a chance. It's one of the top reasons people will stay away from church. They'll say, oh, that church, all they want is my money. And sometimes they actually have a pretty good suspicion. They have a reason to believe that. But I want to talk about it in a different way. Like, hey, that's not what it's about. Come on. Prosperity is not gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. Come on. Prosperity is, is about, hey, Lord, would you bless me so that I can be a blessing to somebody else? So that I can make a difference with the people around me. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. But today, we're going to talk about praise and worship. And we've already done that today. We've already had a time. But I want to bring an explanation as maybe for some of you on why y'all act like that. <laughs> right? Why y'all, why y'all clapping? Why, why do you do all of this kind of stuff? And, um, and, and I got to be honest with you that, um, that for me, I need vision. So all of my life, I've, I'm a visionary. I'm a futuristic kind of person. I can dream about the future, and I need, I need the why. Tell me the why. You parents will know what I'm talking about, right? Because your kids will ask you, well, why do I have to do this? And you say, because I said so. And does it ever work? I mean, realistically, no, it doesn't work. And that was me growing up in, in school. The teachers would say, well, Ben, do this. And I'd be like, well, Why? And I just need, I needed the vision. I need to understand why you want me to do that so I can, I can like learn from this. I can, I can know what the purpose is behind what you're asking me to do. And so I want to do that today for you. I, I want to give you the why do we worship the way that we worship. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So here we go. Why do we worship? Why, why do we clap like we clap? Uh, Pastor Man, why do, why do we lift hands? Why, why are you on the front row doing this all the time? Like why, why are you just bouncing and just like jumping, like why do you do that? All right, well, I'm gonna show you five thoughts today on why we worship the way we do. If you're taking notes, here we go, here we go. Number one, because God said so. Because <laughs> God wants us to, right? I mean, I know I just told you that I don't like that, right? I, I, I need vision, but if there's no other reason, it's because God wants us to. It's just because it's in his book. He wants us to worship a certain way. And, uh, and, and there's one thing that distinguishes God from us. There's this one little bitty thing that, that separates God from us, and it's the fact that he is God, right? And God gets to call the shots. If you were God, you'd get to call the shots, but you're not God, right? So God gets to decide what's right and what's wrong. Hey, God gets to decide what is sinful and what's sacred, 
God gets to decide all of those things because he's God. So we, like, there's no point in us arguing about marriage or sexuality or any of those things because God has already defined it in the word of God. It is defined and we don't even get a say in it. So he gets to decide all of that. If he decided that, that doing cartwheels was worship, hey, everybody, we just have to learn how to do some cartwheels. Thank God he didn't do that. But if he did, then, then he gets to decide what worship is. So, so, so um, God's given us the book of uh, Psalms as a prescription. If you went to the doctor, he'd give you a script for some medication or something. And God has given us a prescription for how to worship him. And it's found right in the middle of the Bible. Uh, the book of Psalms is the, the middle chapter of the Bible. It's also the longest chapter of the Bible. And it's full of praise and worship songs. That's what the word psalm is, means song. So it's a book of 150 different songs. And so God gives us this book of songs to learn from. And, and, and he doesn't say, if you feel like it, or if you're in the mood, or if it's your style. He says in Psalm 150, he says, praise the Lord. Like It's not like an ultimatum, like you can do this or this. He just says, Here's what I want you to do is I want you to praise the Lord. And the word praise is a command. It's a directive. Do this. And he says, praise God. Where should I praise him? In his sanctuary. Right here. Praise him in the house of God. Hey, praise him when you leave here. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Let the words of your mouth, let the praises of your heart just, let, let, let them be heard all throughout everywhere you go and everything that you do. But why should I praise him? Well, you praise him for his mighty acts of power. Come on, you praise him because he, is, he has surpassing greatness, that there's nobody else like him. And, and how, how am I supposed to praise him? With the sound of the trumpet. Come on, some of y'all Jack Black fans out there, you know, right, just praise him with the trumpet. If you like Nacho Libre, you might remember that part, okay. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp. And the liar, by the way, uh, a liar is not, this is not somebody who doesn't tell the truth. It is, it's an instrument. Praise him with the timbrel. Now, we don't really do tambourines here because most people can't play tambourines and you, you get off beat and it sounds real bad. But some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You've been to a church where somebody just playing that tambourine. Just Praise him with the dance. Praise him with the strings and with the pipe. Not, that's not a pipe that you smoke, but it's one that you, you play. It's an instrument. Some of you will be like, hallelujah, we'll praise him with the pipe. <laughs> uh, praise him with the clash of cymbals. Come on, we got, those, we got electronic cymbals. We, we figured to have some real drums up here, by the way. Can't wait for that. Um, we had those left over from when we were, when we were doing the portable church. It's just easy to set up. So praise him with the resounding symbols. Okay, Pastor Ben, you, you told me what, where, how, all of that, but that's just not me. I'm just not that kind of guy. I'm, I'm more reserved. I worship God in my heart. I'm not really the one to just, you know, be expressive like that. So who is this to then, Pastor Ben? Who, who is supposed to worship this way? Well, he says, let everything that has breath that's, that's who's supposed to, so, so just take a breath with me today, just go, pretty sure that's 100% of you who have breath. 
praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And in case we missed it, he says, praise the Lord. What I want you to do is, is lift up the name of Jesus and praise him. And I'm, let's talk about that for just a second. Because this word praise that we see over and over again, there's seven different Hebrew words for praise in the book of Psalms. This is the word Hallel, and I'll tell you what it means in just a moment. But it's where we get our word hallelujah from. And the word hallelujah, it's kind of, it's been churched up a little bit, you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We churched it up a little bit, but the, the Hebrew word here is Hallel, and it's a directive, a command to do this, to, to shine, hence to make a show. To, to boast, thus to be clamorously foolish. Well, why, why do we act this way in church? Why, why do people praise that way? Because he calls us to. To be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate, to go all out. And that sounds kind of like AT&T Stadium, doesn't it? Right? I mean, how many cowboy fans we got in here today? All right, hey, hey, come on, come on. Now do that for the King of Kings. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So, so, so you'll, you'll go all out for the Cowboys when they lose in a game. But we don't go all out for the King of Kings who knows us by name. He knows who we are. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous life. Let's give him the praise. So, Tim's the biggest Cowboy fan here. Sorry, Tim. But li li listen. Listen, I, I'm just trying to help us see how, how is it okay for us to do that for a football team and we feel good about it there, but, but then we come in church a little bit reserved. Why is it? It's because it's fun. It's fun when we do it for the Cowboys. It's fun when we, when we cheer on our team. But can I tell you, God wants it too. Like it can actually be fun to worship God that way. It's supposed to be fun. We always say that church is supposed to be a party, not a presentation. It's supposed to be enjoyable, not endurable, right? We, I, like when you leave church today, you're supposed to be going, man, I can't wait to come back next Sunday. Not like, oh, that was hard to deal with today. Like, that's not what we want. It's supposed to be fun. So, so that's what praise is. We praise him. Hillel says to just make a boast about him. And so what I've decided is I'm not going to give my all for a football team who doesn't even know my name. They don't even know me. And then hold back and keep silent for the God who made me. He's worthy of praise. He deserves all praise. He is worthy. Amen. So I'm going to get a little bit foolish sometimes. I'm, I'm not going to try to draw attention to myself. I'm not talking about that. I'm just going to get undignified is what David said. I'm just going to, hey, hey I'm, I'm just here to worship. I'm here to praise. So number two, in your notes, just jot this down. I'm going to worship the way that I do because it's my purpose. My purpose is to praise. Like it's, it's one of the reasons I was created. God made me to praise him, to commune with him. And church... Sunday mornings can't be just about us. It can't just be about us feeling good and, oh, you know, it's, this is, uh, you know, like, it can't just be like what we want. It, and I hope you're learning something. I hope you grow. I hope you develop. I hope you're, you're becoming closer to God. 
but it's also about you turning your attention off of you and onto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and saying, Jesus, you are everything to me. You're my hope. You're my salvation. You're my joy. And you just begin to worship and praise him and bring glory and honor to his name. So it's my purpose. Peter says it this way, that you are a chosen people. God's called you. He, he's, he's chosen you, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're God's special possession. And here's why he called you. So that you can declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. See, you're supposed to get excited about what God's done for you. You're, you're supposed to be thankful. You're supposed to tell others about what God's done in your life. Well, pastor, they might think I'm crazy. No, what they'll think is, I want what he's got. Man, he, he's not like he used to be. I don't know what's happened to him, but I want, I want whatever he's got. And it's attractive to people when you, when you live that kind of a lifestyle to declare his praises. Number, number three is, is this. We're going to praise him for who he is. We, why do we worship the way we do? Why do we lift our hands and, and sing for who he is? Just straight up. That's, that's it, for who he is. And I think sometimes we forget how good he is. We forget how great he is. Uh, any golf fans in the house? Anybody like golf? I like golf. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched PGA on, on the television, but um, it, it's probably going to be on today when you get home. Like, go, go watch a little golf, and what, you're, what you'll see is grown men who follow other grown men around the golf course. And they've got all their golf attire on out there, and they're standing behind the rope, and Phil Mickelson's teeing off in the tee box, and, and they go, oh, great job, Phil. Oh, that was wonderful, Phil. Nice. Great job. Or, or if Phil has a bad shot, oh, Phil, you'll get it next time. Don't worry about that one, Phil. You're a grown man, right? And they follow around Tiger Woods and all of the, Dustin, all these different guys out there, they're following them around. Why? Because of who they are. Because I can tell you, nobody has ever followed me on the golf course. <laughs> ever. They follow those guys because of who they are. And I'm just here to say that maybe it's time to worship God just because of who he is. Just because he's the greatest, he's the strongest. There's nobody else like him, like Psalm says. It says, great is the Lord and he's most worthy of praise. Why do we praise him? Because his greatness, nobody else can even fathom. It can't even fit into our minds. We praise him because he's great and he's most worthy of praise in the city of Wichita Falls and on the mountain over by Lake Wichita. Come on, that's where we're going to praise him at. We, for great is the Lord and most worthy of his praise. Why do we praise him? Because he's feared above all other gods. Because there's nobody, there's nobody who compares to him. He's worthy of praise. And then number four, we're going to praise him because of what he's done. Why do we worship? What he's done. What he's done for us. He's been faithful. And I know, you know, maybe if you're newer to City Hope, you might think, boy, this kind of, kind of, they're kind of a little wild here. You know, they're clapping and shouting. This is a little bit wild. If you only knew. If you just, if you just only knew what, what the person on the end of your row has been through. 
Come on, maybe the reason they praise God the way they praise God is because they were once lost and they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe they were bound up in addiction. Come on, maybe, they're, maybe God has restored their marriage. Maybe there, was, maybe there was brokenness and defeat and death. Maybe they're worshiping God the way they do because they had a wayward son who just got, got right with God and came back to Jesus. I don't know what it is, but they're praising God because of what he's done for them. Not just of who he is, just because of what he has done. And it, it reminds me of the lady who washed Jesus' feet with her tears. And then she dried his feet with her hair. And all of the, all of the church people kind of gathered around, the religious people. And then they said, She's just, she, this is too far, right? She's just taking it too far. She doesn't need to be doing that. It's awkward. It's weird. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, says, he who has been forgiven little loves little but he who's been forgiven much loves much Amen. say listen if you only knew <laughs> if you if you just only knew what God's done in my life then you might begin to understand why I can't sit still over here on the front row if you just if you only knew the little the little boy the little shy insecure inferior feeling boy who grew up in small eastern Tennessee town who lost his dad when he was seven years old who just felt like he didn't fit in the the teenager who was promiscuous if you just only knew what God has done in my life and how he set me free and what he's done he can do the same for you if you knew that then you would understand why we worship the way we worship. <laughs> you'd, un, you'd begin to understand. And I love what, what Luke says. Uh, it records this, that the whole crowd of disciples burst into the enthusiastic praise. It wasn't like, oh, that's cool. It was enthusiastic praise over the mighty works, over what Jesus had done. And it goes on to say that some of the church people came around, the Pharisees, and they said, oh, no, 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 we don't do that here. It's not that kind of church. We don't really, I mean, the most we'll do is let you go a quarter of the way up. You know, we don't, we don't really go full extension with hand raises here. Now, they, they, said, they said, teacher, you're going to have to get your disciples under control. This is, this is out of line. And Jesus said, hey, if they keep quiet, the stones are going to cry out. Come on, I'm not going to let a stone cry out in my place. I'm not going to let a rock cry out in my place. Come on, he's worthy of it. I, I love the fact that we are, um, we're a, a military town. I love the fact we have shepherd here, and, and if you're active duty or a veteran, we love you, we honor you. And there's a, there's a base out in, uh, in South Carolina in, um, it's called, um, it's it, Camp Lejeune. Thank you for the reminder, Camp Lejeune. It is uh, a marine base. And so they're, um, it, it, they're doing all kinds of testing out there. They're training. They, they have low-flying aircraft that's coming in and out off the base. And there's artillery. There's weapons. There's, and it, it's, it's a, a kind of a live-action training facility. And uh, explosives, detonations, all of that's going on. And it kind of was stirring up some issues with people in, in the area, like noise issues. And uh, there was a little bit of concern over all of the, all of the noise and so what they did was they, they put a sign out all around the base that says, pardon our noise, it's the sound of freedom. And I just want to say, hey, everybody, pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom in the house of God. I can't keep quiet. I can't help it. Come on. I, I can't stop. I can't praise God. I, I can't help but praise God. Come on, somebody. I can't help it. 
And number five, one of the, I think, greatest principles I could teach you today is that we worship because worship changes everything. Worship changes everything. It changes everything. And this is one of those principles that you, you need to know because you're going to go through, through some dark days. I, I wish you didn't have to, but you're going to have some dark days. But even in your darkest day, even in your worst day, you can turn to worship and God will change things. Even in the darkest day, God can show up and he can make a difference. And you need to be able to get in the presence of God. Are you following me? You need to be able to get in his presence. So the darkest days of, of my life, our life, it, it, was the, it was the day that we, that we buried my dad, the day that we buried my mom, and a year and three days later, the day that we buried my father-in-law. But in every one of those instances, in every one of those instances, worship played a role. Worship played a role. And I remember being seven-year-old at my dad's funeral at Watts Bar Church of God in Decatur, Tennessee, not far from the nuclear plant, two miles east of the dam. My mom got on the stage at that little church, and she sang, she sang at my dad's funeral. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Talk about a shift. 20-some years later at my, at my mom's funeral, I was asked to sing, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. And I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad. How can you be glad when somebody passes away? A year and three days later at my father-in-law's funeral, right here, Midwestern State in the, in the arena over here, we sang, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Come on, what happened is we decided we weren't going to focus on the temporal things. We were going to shift our focus to the eternal things. And worship provides you a glorious exchange where you come in. You come into worship with guilt and heaviness and burdens. And you're weighed down by the things of this world. And your problems seem big. And, and, and your God seems small. But you begin to worship. And you begin to tell him how great he is and how awesome he is. And you change your perspective. And the next thing you know, you have a great big God and small problems. Come on, somebody. Worship changes. Changes things. Oh, magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, just magnify him. Make him bigger than your problems. Make him bigger than your problems. And you can do that here on Sunday. See, worship works. You can come in here, but it's not something that you can, it's not something you only do here. Come on, you can worship in your car. You can worship wherever you go. It's not, it's not restricted to Sunday mornings, but the, the presence of God is in here on, us on Sundays. And you walk in here and, and, and you feel one way, you feel weighed down, you feel guilt and condemnation and shame, you got financial issues, you, you got work problems, you got kid problems, whatever you're coming in here with, you're walking in here with all of those issues, all of the weight of life, and you can turn around and leave a different person in Jesus' name. Because one moment in his presence can change things. Hey, I believe it can change things for those of you who watch online, wherever you watch from. You don't have to be here. You can be anywhere, and God can change the situation for you. I believe it. I believe it. So that's my prayer for you is you come in one way, and you leave another way. 
you leave another way. I wish I could, I, this, I'm just scratching the surface of this message today, by the way, guys. Um, on the first Wednesday of September, I'm going to deep dive into praise and worship. We're going to talk about all seven of those Hebrew words that I mentioned. We're going to talk about it there at first Wednesday. I, I can't give them to you today, not enough time. But, but let me show you first what I want for you. To, 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 to go from why do we worship to kind of how do we worship. How do we worship? And, and I, want you to, I want you to just, I want you to know that you can't control what happens to you. You can't control what goes on outside of this building or, or the, the things that come at you in life, but you can control your response. And your response can be worship, and you need, you need this response. You need to build a culture of worship and an atmosphere of worship in your own life. Amen? So let me show you how to do it. Three things, how, how, how do you do it? Number one is that you've got to know that worship is a choice, not a feeling. Because don't you know, you don't always feel it. <laughs> I mean, it, we don't run on feeling, but it sure is nice to feel what you're running on sometimes. <laughs> Come on, it's nice to know he's there, but we don't run on feelings. We've got we've to know that it's a choice, that, that it may not be comfortable, it, I may not be in the mood, I may not want to do it, but I'm going to make a decision right now, here and now, God, no matter what I go through, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to lift you up. And you've got to remember that choices lead, feelings follow. You may not feel it, but you begin to worship. And, you gotta, and, and that small God turns to a big God. I love how Habakkuk puts it. Um, chapter 3 says that though the fig tree does not bud. Hey, things aren't going well for me, Pastor Ben. Man, there's, there's no grapes on the vine. I don't know where my, where my rent money's gonna come from. Man, the, the power bill keeps calling. They're, threat, they're, they're threatening to turn off my electricity. I, I, though the crop fails and, and the fields produce no food, I don't know how we're gonna eat lunch today, Pastor Ben. Though there are no sheep in the pen and there's no cattle in the stalls, even though all of that is true, yet I will rejoice. I'm making up my mind. I have decided to follow Jesus, to rejoice in him. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. No matter what happens, um, it's, a, it's a choice. It's not a feeling. Number two, we've got to worship with everything that we have. With everything. With everything. And I, I, I'm, I'm talking... This is the reason why we'll come up after the end of worship sometimes and, and we'll just say, come on, let's give God the best praise we can. It's because maybe, maybe our praise was here. Oh yeah, he's a good God. And he's so much more worthy than that. He deserves so much more than a attaboy Jesus, right? No, he deserves everything. All of us. And so I'm, we're going to say, come on, shout out to God with a voice of triumph. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices and give him everything because he's worthy of everything. I learned years ago that a sacrifice of praise is not praising God when you don't feel like it. It's giving him your best. It's, it's your best. And what is your best? You know what that is. He's not... He just wants your best. And I think one of the best ways to give him everything is to serve him. And like, I literally mean 
like with your gifts and with your talents, to let everything your hands and feet do be done unto the Lord. That you serve him with your time. That you, uh, since about five o'clock this morning, there have been people here at the church getting ready for today. There's dream teamers that have shown up and they're, and, and they're working in the parking lot and the kids ministry and production and worship and growth track and ushers and greeters and, and security. And oh, there, there's all of these different teams that are, they're, they're using their gifts and their talents today. They're worshiping, what are they doing? They're worshiping with everything they have. Their time, their talent, their treasure, every part of them. David said it this way. Um, this is 2 Samuel, and, and the context here is that David wanted to offer a sacrifice. He wanted to build an altar for a sacrifice, and he had a piece of property picked out, but it, it was owned by somebody else. And so he comes to the guy, and he says, hey, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to buy your property so I can offer this sacrifice. And the guy says, no, you, you're the king. You can have it. I, I mean, you take it, it's yours. And David said, no, I insist on paying you for it because I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. What's he saying? I, I'm not going to just skirt on by. Come on, I'm going to give God my best. This is going to cost me something. I'm not just going to throw up a little, a, a little uh, Hail Mary, thank you Lord prayer. I, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going all in. I'm, I, I, th th this is going to cost me something. Number three is that we've got to worship God ex expecting him to respond. Not only can he respond, he wants to respond. He wants to show up. He wants to do the impossible. He, he wants, to, he wants to, to fill the room that you're in, wherever you worship. He wants to, he wants to be right there beside you. How does he do it? Through the Holy Spirit. His presence just shows up. So you've got to expect that when you worship, he's there. Psalm 22 says that he inhabits the praises of his people. He shows up when we praise. If you want to get close to God, James 4 says, come close to him. If you want to be close to God, come close to God. Because when you come close to God, he will come close to you you want to get close to God draw close to God and maybe some of you are thinking well Pastor Ben this is this is hard man like you you want me to be up here and I feel like I'm down here I mean how am I gonna make this jump I mean how am I gonna come from down here up here I'm not asking you to I'm asking you to go from here to here and then to here and then to here and then to here and you just keep growing and you keep developing and you keep walking with the Lord and you keep you keep worshiping and you keep giving him all the, and you just keep growing you don't have to go you don't have to make that leap today but you need to take a step you need to take a step and I, I, I want it for you not because like we need it from you because you need it for you like you you need this you need to be able to get in God's presence apart from a Sunday morning. You need to be able to get in His presence and draw closer to the Lord. And here's the thing, here's the reality. We're all worshiping something. You're worshiping something. It's, it might be your job, it might be a relationship, it might be, might be a career, it might be your hobbies. You're worshiping something. And let me show you this. 
that whatever you worship becomes an obsession. Whatever you're obsessed with, you begin to imitate it. And then whatever you imitate, you become. So if you don't like who you're becoming, then ask yourself who you're worshiping. If you don't like who you're becoming, ask yourself, what am, where's my time? Where's my focus? Where's my worship? If you don't like it, evaluate yourself. Would you bow your heads with me today? And I want to give you a chance today to just come back to Jesus, to put him first, to, to make him the priority. I want to give you that opportunity today. If you're here and you'd say, Ben, I, I'm far from God. Man, I, I, I'm, maybe you're even a Christian, but you feel a million miles away. You feel distant. Maybe you're far from God and, and, and you feel the weight of your sin. There's shame, there's condemnation, there's guilt, there's fear. You just feel far from God. Today, I want to give you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to, to make Him the, the center of your life, to let Him be the one you worship, to repent. That just means to turn from the way you've been doing it and to follow His way. And if that's you, if you're far from God and you say, Ben, I'm ready to go all in with Jesus. I, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready. I'm tired of playing games. I'm ready to go all in in a relationship with Jesus to worship Him and Him alone. On the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. If that's you, come on, slip it up. One, two, three. I see you. I see you up in the top. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Who else would say that's me? Come on, lift up your hand. Loud, proud. I see you in the back. Thank you. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else? Five, six people. Anybody else? Seven, eight, nine. Anybody else would say that's me? I'm coming back. I'm coming back to Jesus. Ten. I see you over here. God bless you. Eleven. I see you. Come on, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm coming back to Jesus. Amen. Come on, you can put your heads down, your hands down. Let's say this prayer together. Let's say this with boldness and courage. Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Will you forgive me for putting other things before you? I repent. I give you my life. I trust you. I choose you. I will obey you. Thank you for saving me. From this day forward, I will live for you. I will love you. And I will serve you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today for... 11 people who said yes to Jesus.